1: Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, and we are back with another Steelers preview, where we preview whatever we want. In this case, it could be the Senior Bowl, could be the Pro Bowl, could be whatever. Dave Schofield will be joining us shortly, but in the meantime, it's just myself and Brian Anthony Davis. What's up, Bad? How are you? Hey, I'm so
0: glad to be here. Happy February. It is February 3rd, the day the music died. And so Mm. if you remember that, Great snippet. One of my favorite all-time songs is
1: "American Pie." Don McLean. You, you got it. Love Not that my song. favorite Don McLean. I like "Starry, Starry Night." That's a great song about Vincent Van Gogh. He did a good job with that one too. I used to sing that song with my kids.
0: That and "Piano Man" trying to get them to go to sleep because
1: mm-hmm. it was long enough.
0: But I changed "Whiskey and Rye to "Sunny Delight," and they <laughs> they kind of they kind of like that.
1: <laughs> All right, uh, let's get this show on the road. Steelers news. I think I want to start off with the offensive line. You know, Excuse me, he was going to get that internal promotion. Everyone was expecting Chris Morgan to be promoted and take place of Adrian Clem. Well, for a lot of reasons, that's what the Steelers tend to do. That's also when, you know, he comes in and takes over. Najee Harris rushes for 180-plus yards. The running game looked better, and he's now a part of the Chicago Bears organization, and the Steelers have no offensive line. Coach Brian, how do you think this is going to play out?
0: It's interesting because they have they can't really hire from within, they can't move the assistant up <laughs> because he was the assistant. So yeah, it's gonna play out interesting. Now, a lot of people, and we talked about this, and something that you will hear when we go ahead and have here we go, the Steelers off-season show with Kevin Smith. I asked him, What do you think on this? Was this because Mike Munchak's available, and he felt like there was writing on the wall that maybe he should take off. Maybe they didn't give him a commitment. You know, there, there's so many things, but the questions are, is, do the Steelers want Mike Munchak back because of the scheme that they have? Does Mike Munchak actually want to come back? He may have left for a reason. So there's so many things to look at here, but it's they're they're going to bring somebody in, and if they're smart, they're gonna bring in the right guy that fits the system, so that they can they can have the success. I keep on going back to one of the greatest articles I've read in a long time. I love Jeffrey Benedict's, and he he also did it on uh, from the cutting room floor, talking about have the Buffalo Bills fired Matt Canada yet because they ran the same system. And somebody on our Slack channel made the comment during the. Uh, San Francisco 49ers um, game against the Los Angeles Rams in the NFC championship game. They mentioned that this is exactly what the Steelers wanted to run. This is the kind of offense that they wanted to run. So they're probably going to bring in the line coach that is going to make that work the most.
1: I have my doubts and I have my doubts because if if it was a new coordinator, I'd say, well, you got to give this guy a chance to get his guy. I want to know, and we'll never know this, but I want to know was Adrian Clem Tomlin's guy or was Adrian Clem's Matt Canada's guy? If Adrian Clem was Matt, but if Adrian Clem, let me say that correctly, was Matt Canada's guy, then I have my I have serious doubts about him hiring the guy that you just described. But if it was a Mike Tomlin hire, Matt Canada's like, I'd like to go in a different direction, then maybe there's hope. But you, I, I agree with you 100%. Mike Munchak might look at the Steelers and say, I want nothing to do with that. I'd rather stay in Denver, in Colorado, whatever, wherever his family is, because that's why he went there in the first place. And he might want to stay there. Everyone's assuming Munchak's just clamoring to come back to Pittsburgh. I'm not sure if that's the case. So we'll be interesting to see. I think that, you know, in the coming weeks, shoot, maybe, hopefully, we'll get some Steeler hires, whether it's defensive coordinator. You know, you're talking about a linebackers coach that needs to be replaced, because Keith Butler also coached the outside linebackers. Uh, do they replace Terrell Austin's role? If he is promoted to defensive coordinator, they have no offensive line coaches. It's going to be interesting how this pans out. I want to ask you one more question though. And this goes back to Art Rooney, the second's comments, which were kind of, that's kind of old news, but still, what do you think about the Steelers in the GM situation? Colbert staying on is expected. His contract goes through the draft after that though. That's when they're talking and they being Art Rooney, the second's talking about that's when they're going to replace the GM is going to be after the draft. They're not going to have anyone in place prior to. Do you think that's kind of backwards, Brian? It's definitely not conventional. We'll put it that way.
0: Yeah, the reason it could be very unconventional and it could be a mistake. But I really think deep down what they're going to do is they are going to keep Omar Khan and Brandon Hunt both. They're going to be uh, they're going to be tag teaming it, and usually now we've complained for so long about, especially with the offensive line, the hiring from within. Even back in the Randy Featner when he came to uh, came to the offensive coordinator position, we complain about that. But this might be this might be a good hire from within to keep those those two same guys and have them making the decisions, whether one's as a vice president and one's as a general manager, Um just because the system that Colbert put together has worked so well for 21, 22 years. So maybe that's something that they want to keep the, keep the same thing going with guys that have been around it for a long time. It's not like a Sean Surrett thing where he was around for one or two years behind Uh, behind Mike Munchak, and then he took over. These guys have been there for a while, especially Omar Khan with Colbert. And you have Khan, who probably doesn't do the player personnel evaluation, as well as Hunt would. And you have the fact that uh, Hunt is not going to be able to manage the books and the money and the contracts like Khan would. So it's really it's really a good situation to keep them both. And I think that's what they're going to plan on doing.
1: Well, our Rooney the second did say that they weren't going to change their system in terms of the GM is not going to have the be all end all say on things like head coach hirings or any coach hirings the system. Isn't going to change necessarily. So keep that in mind. We welcome Dave Schofield to the show. What's going on, Dave?
2: Oh, a lot, but I'm
1: here. here. You're here. Uh, I,
2: I do over. want to say one thing before I get into anything else. I want to thank you two for doing a fantastic job of covering for me for the Thursday AM show this morning. Um, I listened to that one. That was, that was a really, a really good one. So I, I appreciate you guys stepping up and, and help me out there.
1: No problem. Did do you, have you ever measured your hands? I'll ask you yes. the
2: same question. <laughs> <laughs> you said it, you said it. And I, I, once I heard how they did it you know, you put it on a flat surface yeah. it, and you measure, um, I, I, I did it basically we were talking about it in the slack channel i did it as, as soon so, as what soon size said. are your
1: hands I'm uh nine sure. and three
2: quarters but three
1: you eight. spread do you spread them out though yeah, so yeah. it's here it's yeah. from thumb yeah to pinky so you can spread them out spread so it as far
2: forward. as you can yep. and then measure
0: okay
1: i'm there. getting a clam so for those in the um, audio yeah. it's your thumb to the end of your pinky on your throwing hand whichever hand that would be now i need a ruler Yeah, or a tape measure, either one. I'm
2: not sure that I did my throwing hand. I think I did my other one because I think I used (laughs) that hand to
1: measure. didn't even think about it. For those that are wondering, why are they talking about hand size? You have to go back Uh, to Let's Ride, the special episode when we filled in for Dave Thursday morning on our audio side. And as Brian chimed in in the second half, that's the first thing I asked him. It kind of caught him by surprise. You could tell (laughs) it was just, it made it funny. But I want to get back to the topic, and that is the GM. Dave, what are your thoughts on the process the Steelers are about to embark on where they're not going to have someone like in waiting. I always thought that, you know, Hey, we're, if they're going to do the con and hunt duo GM roles, whatever, I felt like that would be announced and they would say, this is what's going to happen. And Colbert's going to stay on, even if he stays on after in that Aussie Newsom advisory role, like the Baltimore Ravens did with DaCosta Costa after he was done. What are your thoughts on how they're doing things?
2: Cool. It, it's really difficult because I mean I, I know I, I just so you guys know I was listening to the whole show. I was listening before I got here, so um, I still have some some things to talk about with the offensive line coach, of course. Mm-hmm. But with with this, it seems like it would make sense for them to kind of take the two roles that Colbert had and split them and give it and have it be those two guys. If that's who they want. But they kind of went out of their way to say that they weren't going to do that. But just because they said they weren't doesn't mean that they won't. I they they've got to interview people before they but, but but you know an external candidate or two before they could do the job. Otherwise, if they don't at least do those interviews, and then and then they kind of have it set up. Hey, that these guys are going to stay on, and they're going to move up into the roles afterwards. If they do that before they do other interviews, then you're dealing with a bad situation yes. like the NFL is already dealing with, with a lawsuit. And so they're not going to do it that way. So I could see why they're saying, Hey, we're going to do all our interviews now and then go for, and then we'll, we'll we're not going to make the announcement until that person is going to step in. But I would not be shocked if it's one or both of those guys doing things differently, that they kind of have an idea that that's what's going to happen as, as they move on.
1: Yeah, I'm just a little distracted. People are All these putting. people measuring their. or measuring their hands and putting their hand measurements in the live chat room. Right yeah. And I texted my daughter; yeah. she can't find the tape
0: measure or a roller. So I'm like looking around my office. And like, Come on, it's gonna be here somewhere.
1: Go get your tools and get the tape measure out and put it flat. And wow, mine was, mine was nine inches. mine might
2: be. Mine might be ten because when I when I'm comparing my left to my right, my right's definitely
1: more. So Brian, Brian has gone to check his hand size. So <laughs> I'll give gone. Dave it'll give Dave a chance to chime in on the yeah. offensive line coach situation. Yeah. So go ahead and talk about All that. All I
2: was gonna say is remember that you know Adrian Clem was the assistant, was the assistant offensive line coach before Matt Canada was the offensive coordinator. And yes, he was the quarterback's coach, but there's no way they really did. Do you think they really did Randy that long that they said, okay. Uh, yeah, you're going to be the coordinator for one more year, but here's the guy as a quarterback coach that's really going to be the coordinator after you. No, and he picked Clem. Do I don't think that happened. No. But notice that the Steelers did. They didn't give it to Clem right away. They, We kept saying, what are they waiting for? What are they waiting for? And they kept doing more offensive line coach interviews. And then finally they went with Clem. And we're like, really? You're going to do all that and just settle on the guy you had anyway? But they kind of did the same thing with Canada too. Maybe Canada wasn't sold on Clem being the guy to do it, but they really didn't have any other options that late in the game. Cause they were really late in my opinion, when it came to the offensive line coach. But right now I feel like they're really late that they're, that they're not moving on this now.
1: So it, it's we, interesting. It's
2: all speculation.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Brian's back with the tape measure. It's while Brian measures his hand. quarter. It has recorder. to be no, flat. <laughs> it has to be flat on the table. You can't like hold it up in the air. So while we're getting ready for Brian's measurement here is the senior bowl, uh, with the senior bowl and the shrine game, go shrine game is actually going on right now as we speak. Uh, this is a big weekend. This is kind of the weekend that kicks off the NFL draft craziness, you know, you think about it. And so um I wanted to talk about hand size a little bit. I spoke about this on my Wednesday. Let's ride podcast kind of sounded off about it. Uh, when it comes to what is it, Brian? What's the number? Eight and five ace. All right. <sighs> you have small hands in comparison to most uh, quarterbacks. It's okay. It's you know what okay. they
0: say? The sandwich looks bigger. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Heard of the? Hey, you know what they say about people with small hands, right? They wear small gloves. They wear small gloves. That's right. <laughs> Oh, that, that wasn't what you were going to say? That I, is what that's what, I was what say. you were going to say?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I wasn't trying to
2: steal your line. I was trying no, to be
0: smart, Alec. No, that it was my line. Um, so well, Next time I go for a prostate exam, I'm going to measure first. Wait a second, Doc. You, you have somebody docked. else here? you had your
1: hands <laughs> measured before. I've got a tape measure here. Let's hold on. <laughs> <laughs> okay uh these measurables (sighs) whether you're talking about offensive line arm length whether you're talking about some people even look at like torsos and all this stuff when you just talk about these measurables that happen at the senior bowl we know they're going to happen at the scouting combine pro days you name it they they matter to an extent but how much so brian what do you think
0: it just depends what you value really if
1: talents
0: talent it doesn't matter Sometimes what the package is. It, you know, if it's a left tackle that you think he's got a lot of talent, but he's 5'8, yeah, eh, you're not gonna go with that guy. So, you know, I mean, I, I I could understand that, but when we're talking about hands, and I, we said it on that special edition of Let's Ride. I'm I'm thinking Joe Burrow had a pretty good senior year of college, you know, throwing that football with those very same hands, he broke records. And so I don't worry about hand size at, at all, really.
1: Okay. What about other measurements though? Like, is there any measurement, whether it's bench press for an alignment or you know, vertical leap. I mean, you can talk about all those different measurables. Does anything stand out or is it just like, look, I'm going to look at the tape. That's going to dictate what I think about a prospect. I'm looking at the tape. You know,
0: Dwayne, the rock Johnson is one of the greatest weightlifters in Miami hurricane history. He had, he had the bench press record for years. He broke it as a freshman and had it for years. He's nobody's all American. Didn't even make, he barely made the CFL and didn't stick there. So as far as weightlifting and bench press and that kind of stuff, you know, of course, yeah, we're going to be looking at somebody's forty. But one of the greatest forties of all time was Dre Archer. He's he's not in the Hall of Honor. Great career.
1: <laughs> 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 oh, Dave, what do you think about these measurables?
2: You can get too focused on them, and you could also not see a red flag. I gave you a great Dave answer. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> you know wow, you're saying? all over the map. Yeah, no. the, the I, I can't stand it when people put so much stock in the measurables in, I mean, you know, even this is me, a numbers guy that they measure that all those measurable things that, that that's what they want to say. Oh, this person is really better because he put up, you know, he tested this and tested that and tested this and tested that there's testing and there's tape. Because Jeff and I know this from our wonderful experience of coaching elementary school basketball, and they hold evaluations for kids and they give them a score. Yeah. Just because you can you can sit, you know, stand on the block and hit a bunch of shots in 30 seconds doesn't mean that you have the aggressiveness to actually take a shot in a game. So you could score really well, but it doesn't mean that you're a really good all-around player. So it's got to be a combination of both. There are some things that, that, that you could really, really scream about. But for example, I'm thinking back, way back in the 2015 draft, there was a, a certain tackle, a right tackle, coming out of Wisconsin, that they were worried about him. Because he only got 16 reps on the bench press at, at at 225. Me coming out of college, I I don't know. I think I could have got well over 38 um, at the time when I was really, really training. Um, on, on, that's just me. Because, I mean, I was benching almost 400 pounds anyway. So... Um, maybe that was you know I don't want another kick herd around the world thing. I can't I can't I'm not even allowed to express anymore. I'm not even allowed to bench press, press because of my shoulders.
0: So, I, I already I mean, got it reserved. Yeah, it but I mean, but
2: look. yeah, but they were really worried. I mean, only 16 reps at 225, and you were going to be an NFL tackle. All right, he was still drafted in the second round, and now he's going to be starting in the in the Super Bowl. That's um, a player that Jeff may have even coached against before in Rob Havenstein. I know he played lacrosse as a kid. I'm not sure if he played lacrosse when he was in high school or you guys would have played him. What's that?
1: Where do you go to high school? He went to Liganor. Oh. If yeah he doesn't fit what, what uh, year is um, it?
2: he graduated in
0: 2011
1: was, i think or he 10, was drafted
2: 10 or the
0: same year as jesse james so yeah 2015 yeah it's yeah. a good chance i coached against him yeah
2: yeah i mean i i i, I was talking about in the scobro show i heard uh, that we weren't we weren't his his freshman year was my last year coaching freshman football but we didn't have them on the schedule um but there he is. He's playing. This is his second Super Bowl. He'll be playing in. And honestly, if it wasn't for Whitworth being the other tackle um, on that line, he probably would have been a Pro Bowler. Um, but he only got sixteen. But yet they're like, you know what? We're not going to worry about that. And uh, and he's he's had a really good career.
1: Dave, let me ask you: This is an offensive line. Do you actually like? If you were to look at like arm length, is that is that a a really important thing? For There's the advantages
2: line? and disadvantages to
1: it. A well, I mean, there's advantages having of arms? having long arms and disadvantages to oh, not, not having long having arms. Long arms. Yes. Like, there's not a disadvantage yes. of having long arms. Yes, okay. yes, yes, yes. So in that um, case, if someone measures really short arms, they look like little T-Rex, mm-hmm. you're like, yeah, i probably not going to get that guy, right? Or
2: B.J. Finney wasn't drafted for a reason. He has short arms.
1: Yeah, short arms.
2: Okay. Dan Moore Jr., out of all those tackles that that were drafted last year, supposedly he had some of the longest arms out of any of them.
1: Hmm. I didn't know that wasn't,
2: wasn't that I'm trying to remember back to last year's draft, you know, cause there was a lot of good, you know, cause remember a lot of people said Dan Moore jr. in a, in a typical draft might've been a second rounder, but there were just so many offensive tackles in last year's draft. So, you know, maybe third rounder, but, um, but he he was one of the ones that didn't have short arms. Weren't there a lot of short... Brian talked about it last year, didn't you? Do, you? do you remember? Well, Brian doesn't even remember what he had for breakfast. So I don't know if he'll no, remember that. he
1: remembers um, that. I'm sure he remembers that. that.
2: Wasn't there a lot of short arm tackles last year?
0: I could not... I really could not imagine me talking about...
1: I mean, you I, can tell us where you were in 1987 when rod woodson was drafted and yet you don't know the short arm tackles what the hell's going on that just doesn't seem like something i, would, I mean like if you if
0: you, you want how many hairs in in uh john oates's mustache i could probably tell you that yeah but
1: like yeah ours? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. yeah john is not Brian. yeah
2: i mean i'm I have I have really long arms for my height. I when I when I I went to a combine my junior year of high school and they measured my height at six five and my wingspan at six ten. So I I had I had long arms. Um and it was and it's funny because I said about I thought I could have done more in the bench press. Yeah, that was part of the problem is the longer your arms, the harder it is to bench press. You know, it's a lot easier to do that with with short arms. Jeff, you know that you're you're a health guy. Absolutely. So uh There are advantages. The the good thing about, you know, I always think of like old school. I'm even thinking, was it something like, um, I can like the little rascals or something when you're trying to play football and you have the big guy with the long arms holding the guy out on the forehead when he's sitting there trying to do, it. you know, that's, that's kind of what you think of in the in advantage place. of long arms because the, because they talk about so much about, you know, the defenders trying to get his hands on you to get past you and being able, you know, they talk about the punch and everything else with that. So it, it, it as you can see, there's guys in the NFL that don't have long arms, but it really is an advantage if you, if you do.
1: Yeah. So let's talk about the Senior Bowl. The practices this week, there's been a lot of buzz. I asked Michael Beck this question on my Let's Ride podcast that will run on Friday morning, and I want to get your all's take too. Everyone is talking about how the Steelers, Mike Tomlin, Kevin Colbert. I mean, Mike Tomlin's down there. He's shaking hands. He's kissing babies. He's meeting parents. Like, you would think it's high school homecoming for Mike Tomlin right now, but still, they're talking to Malik Willis's parents. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) glad someone picked up on that Um, (laughs) they're showing a massive amount of interest in malik willis Mm
2: -hmm.
1: could this be a smokescreen or could they just have an an unabashed saying this is our guy if he's available at 20 do you hate that approach brian we'll start with you
0: i i don't love giving especially when you're you're picking at 20 i don't love giving away you know, your strategy on anything, but I really don't even think that uh I, I know it's come out that uh they like Malik better than they like Kenny Pickett, and I and I'm cool with that. I'm cool with them liking whoever they like because in the end they know more than I do. But I I really think that I don't really think it's a smoke screen, I think it's just the fact that he's probably the most popular coach down there. And if you're going to introduce somebody to your parents, you're going to probably introduce Mike Tomlin to them because he's a guy who goes out of his way. He went out of his way to coach Justin Fields last year. He went out of his way to coach a guy um, this year and uh, it was a wide receiver. He was trying to, you know, give some tips to, this is what he does. This is what Mike Tomlin loves when we always talked about and, and we can't ask him this because if, We'd, we're not going to ask it of uh, Andy Reid or Sean Payton, but <laughs> but he's a perfect college coach just for the fact where his relationships with some of these guys. I heard somebody talking today on a, on a, a Pittsburgh radio station about the fact that, you know, Spurrier, Steve Spurrier, when he, he was in Washington, he didn't even know some of the guys on defense. Didn't even know their names <laughs> on defense. And so it's... This guy, Mike Tomlin, is a people person when it comes to especially young talent and kids. And he loves it. I remember um, listening to Pat McAfee talk about how he'd walk across the field to talk. Mike Tomlin would walk across the field to talk to the punter, the kicker, Pat McAfee. And he said, this is who this guy is. So I don't think any decisions have really been made yet. There's because... Seriously, all the attention that Malik Willis is going, is getting right now, they're, uh, it's going all the way to make him maybe a top five. Trey Lance, your boy from last year that you loved so much, he was like, they were talking 20, 18, 15, then 12 to the 49ers, then next thing you know, five. You know, I mean, or three. They They were so excited about this guy because some guys get press more than others. And if I'm there and I'm in that situation, I'm introducing my parents to Mike Tomlin and anybody that'll talk to him. And you know what? Mike Tomlin's going to win the room. He's going to go in. He's going to be very cordial to him. He's going to be a great guy. And they're going to feel great about Mike Tomlin. They're probably hoping he goes to the Steelers.
1: Yeah. Dave, what are your thoughts on that approach to the NFL draft in terms of just, hey, open book, this is who we like?
2: Well, Brian said a lot of good things there. And <laughs> sorry, <laughs> yeah, um, the, the thing I liked the most was where he said that other, you know, just because Mike Tomlin talks a lot to someone doesn't mean that he was the one seeking them out. They could have just as easily been seeking him out and something you have to remember with coach Tomlin, he, even if they don't draft a guy, He's getting these connections and these feelings for players, and he's and it's funny, they're like, Oh, Malik Willis, he's right. He's been hanging out with a lot of players and doing a lot of things, and he does that because even if they don't draft him, they feel more comfortable acquiring them via free agency, via trade. I mean, my goodness, look at Minka Fitzpatrick. They knew there was no way they were going to get to draft Minka Fitzpatrick in that draft, but yet they were paying attention and spending time with him. And next thing you know, they they had someone that they could. They really would like to trade for when he was available because they built that relationship. He builds relationships with players that even if they end up playing for another team, it doesn't. They, they're. I mean, his his data his database has to be enormous because even if they end up with another team, then when they become a free agent, he's still going to go back to that time that I got to know them. You know you know, got to know him at the senior bowl, got to know, you know, he talks about Najee. got to know him with that, you know, at mobile and things like that. That's, that's what he does. He builds those relationships. I wouldn't read too much into it. When it comes to tipping your hand, the Steelers have always tipped their hands. You knew the guys that they wanted. You knew when they wanted one of the Devons. You knew when they wanted Najee Harris last year. You knew lots of them before. Marquise Pouncey was, you know, a lot of those things are the thing that they wanted. It. I mean, T.J. Watt wasn't a big surprise. Artie Burns wasn't a big surprise, really, whenever um, William Jackson III was already gone. that People were like, well, they spent a lot of time with Artie Burns. Is that going to be the pick? And that's what happened. That's what that that's kind of what they do. I don't know that that's the best thing to do when it comes to a quarterback. It could even be that maybe the Steelers, it is a bit of a smoke screen, and maybe they're even helping the guy out because if coach Tomlin's interested in him and the Steelers are interested in him, now all these people might be looking a little bit more and he's going to move up the draft boards. We'll see. Um, I love the speculation though, but I, I also don't think the Steelers, not wasn't Mike Tomlin, you know, really tip their hands off about Ben Roethlisberger too much um until that happened it's doing it with a quarterback is a little bit risky
1: well let me ask you this brian if pick 20 is malik willis are you happy are you kind of dejected what's your thought and feeling if that were to take place it just depends who else is on
0: the board if uh and i don't expect this man to be on the board but if if tyler linderbaum is there you know i'm going (laughs) tyler linderbaum but I don't even know if the Steelers want a center. We don't even know that if they, if they want it, or if everybody else wants them to want it. Um, If Ahmad Gardner is there, the quarterback from, from Cincinnati, I love this guy. So it just depends what, how they want to put these things together. If they think that this guy's a franchise quarterback and he's there at 20, I want them to take him. But I want them to not do it because he's a quarterback. I want them to do it because they covet
1: him. Good point. Dave, what do you think about that?
2: Well, I've done three mock draft Mondays so far. Mm -hmm. And two of them have been quarterbacks. And those two quarterbacks were, the first week it was one Malik Willis. And last week it was one, I guess it was technically this week is one Kenny Pickett is who it was this past Monday. So that's who we've just because they've been either NFL, CBS, one of the big networks, it's one of their mock drafts. And those were the the players that were highlighted. And I, I said it about both quarterbacks. Don't take a quarterback just because you're taking a quarterback just for the sake of taking a quarterback. But if it's the guy you want, take him, take him. If it's who you want, take him. Now, if you haven't done anything to address the offensive line in free agency and you go into the draft and you're going to go quarterback first, I'm going to be like, what are you doing? That's just me. If you see the Steelers add one or two starting quality offensive linemen and free agency, then th- it might be that they're really looking to do something else At that, at that time in the draft. So that to me is going to be more of an indication of what they do when free the free agency period
1: um, is really gets going. So this Saturday is the senior bowl and I want to ask you a simple question. You know, there's certain events that take place in the offseason and especially the lead up to the draft. Everyone puts so much stock into the NFL scouting combine. How much stock do you put into the Senior Bowl a game like this? It's an actual football game. It's not running in a straight line, bench pressing in front of, you know, jumping, all the other things that they have to do. Brian, how much stock do you put into the Senior Bowl, the lead up to the game and the game itself? I put
0: a lot of stock in it. And the reason I do is because these guys are – this is some of their – this is their moment. This is jumping from – from the fifth round to the third round, I mean, my gosh, look at what this week did for—I mean, man, I'm—I'm I'm forgetting his name already. But the—the—the the, the kid from uh, that the Broncos ended up with the long-haired guy, the his belly uh,
2: miners—is that how you say uh, it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Quinn, yeah. Quinn, what it's, Quinn
0: Miner, Quinn Miners, yeah, Quinn Miners, yeah. <laughs> look, look what this week did for him for from Wisconsin Whitewater. You—you you know what I'm saying? So I—I I just really think. That this is their moment. This is an all-star game. You're not going up against a uh, a freshman corner that is playing because of an injury. You're going against talent talent that could be in the NFL. So that that's why I think you should really take stock in this.
1: Dave, what are your thoughts on the stock of the event like the Senior Bowl?
2: I'm agreeing with Brian. I think it's starting to really show that it's, I mean, especially last year when there was no combine is when it really started to show. And they're like, maybe we can get a lot more from the senior bowl. Now, does everyone participate? No. Do I think it helps these players? Absolutely. Do I think it could hurt these players? Absolutely. To me, other than going with what Brian said, that, that it's, yes, that's perfect. That it's going up against, you know, high quality opponents. You're looking at someone like, we've already mentioned Malik Willis, who isn't going to have to just be running for his life behind a terrible offensive line. That should not be the case. He should have a quality offensive line, but he should also have even better pass rushers coming at him too. To me, I think a lot of what coaches are seeing now, these, like a day like today, is how coachable they are coming into a new situation that a lot of these players if you know are three and four years um or even five that they've been in a system if they haven't transferred and they're kind of comfortable with how you know taking that much time to know how to get to do certain things how are they now on the fly that they're just kind of all coming together and being Coached up and in whatever system they're running, and how they go out there to do it. You can look at a player's coachability pretty good in days like today.
1: Something to keep in mind for fans out there that want to look at th- something like the draft order and teams that could potentially be in the market for a quarterback that are drafting before 20. And there are a lot of them. Keep in mind the date of April 20.
2: April 28th,
1: 2022 is the round one of the NFL draft. Then you need another, no, another date, March 14th, March 14th is when the legal tampering period starts and players are able to start negotiating contracts as free agents with the 16th being the first day of the league year. All of that's going to change with some of these quarterbacks. that could be on the move in free agency or via trade. We're talking Jimmy G we're talking, I, I doubt it, but maybe Aaron Rodgers, maybe Russell Wilson, um, Derek Carr. I, mean, I could go down the list of other quarterbacks with Marcus Mariota, uh, Jacoby Brissett. They, they're, they're not going to be changing the game, but they could be changing draft needs. And so you have a team that might, you're like, oh, these guys might want a quarterback. All of a sudden, they trade for Jimmy Garoppolo, and now quarterback's not a first-round need for him anymore. It changes everything. And at the same time, I'm still not sold on any of these quarterbacks really being first round talents and future quarterbacks in terms of the franchise perspective. I haven't looked at all of their film yet. I'm still I'm just starting that. Yeah. Uh looking at some of these players. I looked at Desmond Ritter. That was tough. Uh, but still <laughs> I look at I'm I'm starting to look at some of this stuff. But you know, it, it's gonna be interesting. I want to ask you all real quick, it's not a draft topic, and I know that's the title of the podcast. Do you see the Steelers making any type of splash in the free agent slash trade avenue this offseason? Brian, we'll start with you. If it's in
0: the trade avenue, then it's probably going to be for a mid-level guy where they don't give up too much for. I don't think they want to give up way too much draft capital. At the top of that list, when you're talking about the Derek Carrs and the Aaron Rodgers, and of course, the Russell Wilson's. I, I don't expect them to be in that market whatsoever. Okay. What about you, Dave? Yeah. They
2: don't have, they can't give up that kind of capital for, for players like that. So I expect them in free agency. I don't, they're not going to be the, the team. They've never been the team that goes out and gets the big guy the, you know, who is everyone going after? Honestly, I haven't even looked at it yet to see who who the biggest free agents are that are out there, but they're going to make a signing that you're like, oh, I didn't know that. I didn't think they'd really be in the market for that player or something like that. It's really nice to go into this knowing that the Steelers aren't going to just be trimming people from their roster simply because they have to, because they have to get under the cap. I know where everyone's like, oh, they have this money to spend. It's not like they have buku crazy money to spend. They still need to fill out their roster. The, the reason they have more money is because they have less players on the contract. That That's going to give you more money a lot. But they, they can actually do things. I don't see them making the... I don't see them taking the the salary cap money that they have and going out and signing one big player. I see them going out and trying to add multiple players that they think is going to fit what they want to do, and that's not the big splash move.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I've said it multiple times that uh, you know it's to me it's better off to spend that money on bolstering your your lineup. Go in with Mason Rudolph if you have to this season and then address the quarterback potentially after this year. We'll see how that looks. Snowman gives us $5 says there's a rumor. The Steelers are looking to trade chase Claypool. Have you guys heard anything? This is news to me. Has have either of you heard anything of that kind? I heard it right before we we went on
0: from a friend, but I have nothing concrete to be able to uh, say that I've seen it, but I've heard it. And now this is the second time I've heard it. I would probably say that, uh, if the Steelers are looking to trade Chase Claypool, they've just decided that there's too much smoke around him that might become
1: a fire. It's pretty, yeah. I mean, that's a pretty crazy move on a rookie contract. Yeah. I
2: mean, you'd have to be getting something great for him. And you would have to be very confident that you're going to be doing something like keeping number 19 around. Because do you really want to go into next season with the only, uh, only, the wide receiver that you really have being Deontay Johnson. I mean, what? Co- Cody White, I think, is still under I, I even did a, an exit interview for him. I can't even remember his, his contract status. I think he's, I'm yeah, pretty I think sure he's he is. Contract. Yeah. So my thing is, do you really want to go into the offseason with that? Because Ray Ray's not under contract. Washington's not under contract. Juju's not under contract. To trade Claypool – now granted i've been out of the loop for from a lot of things for about the last day and a half but i have not heard anywhere credible that i would that that i would trust what they say that's even sniffed that as a possibility
0: yet you know i don't think they're going to do it i don't think they should do it but there's always that thing that if uh when you see a young player on their rookie contract traded that means that there's a little more to it And they're just, when I said smoke and fire, maybe he's more of a problem than that anybody knows, Mm -hmm. or this could be just ESPN or everybody just creating news, news, you know, and, and saying, you know, hey maybe they want to go do this because he did a he tried to spike the ball or he he posed with the first down marker and lost the game in in minnesota and maybe they're getting tired of him you know there's a
1: lot of speculation
0: and remember antonio brown says you can't recollate or speculate
1: speculate, speculate. Um, so <laughs> let me let me remind everyone of this though or since we're talking about chase Claypool, this is a guy that did something, and I would say it was, it was a cumulative effort. This was not just a one-time issue. But did something so long or so many times and got under Minka Fitzpatrick's skin so much that he beat the hell out of him at practice. <laughs> I'm not exaggerating. I spoke to someone that was at practice, saw it with their own two eyes, talked to him on the phone. I'm not saying who. He literally beat the crap out of him at practice. And then Claypool gets up and has the balls to talk trash to TJ Watt, who wasn't practicing yet, because this was before the season started. I have to remind myself of that sometimes. Mika Fitzpatrick's like a pretty cool and calm customer from everything that we've seen. Yep. And this is your teammate. Get your teammate, you know? I'm just saying. Maybe you're on to something, Brian, and I'm not saying they're going to trade him, but I think that this guy might be – A persona that we're not seeing necessarily from the public. And it might be because there's no reporters in the locker room right now. You know, everything is over Zoom or there. Here's Chase Claypool to talk to the reporters. No one's actually getting to go in and talk to these players. So keep that in mind.
2: Uh, I think he's just misunderstood. Who really understands Canadians anyway? (laughs) That crazy (laughs) Canuck we have on staff. I have no idea.
1: Mr. Blue Check. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, just, I don't know. Take that for what it's worth, but think it's Fitzpatrick beat the crap out of him in practice. And I just yeah. don't see that happening all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's good. Brian, do you want to say anything? You look like you're about to say something. No, no, actually, I, I'm just okay. taking it all in. <laughs> Very good. Mm-hmm. All right. I have, a, I have a question for you all that has nothing to do with the Steelers. It has everything to do with where we live in the region that we live in. And I have to ask what you all think of the Washington commanders. Like, I'm sorry, before we get to trivia, like I have to ask you all what you thought about this. I had a pretty interesting experience as an educator. And what I teach obviously is is physical education. So we're talking about sports and some of my students, but I'll let you all go. Brian, when you heard the news on Groundhog Day, that the, the Washington commanders were now a thing. What was your reaction?
0: Well, You know, when I heard the news on uh, the first that it leaked and they had all this, some people from Washington were hoping that this was the biggest swerve ever. And I was like, that'd be so cool if this was the biggest swerve ever, because this should have been April 1st, because it seemed like a (laughs) joke. It's just not I I don't have a problem with the uniforms. I don't have a problem with anything um, too much. It's you know, I, I really don't. It's just the fact that it's just so. It, it's World Football League. It's mm-hmm. XFL. You know, it it's just like... And I hate the fact that some people are saying that, oh, they're going to call them the commies now. And, uh, <laughs> and when I would have rather them... I would have... Ra- you haven't seen that on social I have. media? No, I've,
1: I've seen
0: it. Kind of it's the commies. Really and like, my buddy said, Well, they're wearing like uh, red and gold. I'm like, Well, it's burgundy, but you know, that could be like the Soviet Union. I'm like, All right. Um, no, I, I don't think that's the case, but I would have rather them went with the Commodores and put Lionel Richie on the helmet. Maybe. That would have. <laughs> That would have been Hello? so much better. Yes. <laughs> so I I've gone commando before, so I mean the real just yeah. I just hope that these
1: guys are still wearing jock straps. Yeah. Friends listen to Endless Love in the Dark. Anyways, Dave. <laughs> My brother actually
2: whispered that to me at his wedding during the ceremony. <laughs>
1: Was Endless Love playing? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> He's like, he what? First of all, Endless Love in the Dark. <laughs> Anyways, back to the um, commies. Uh, uh, what did you uh, think about the commies uniforms? I'm sorry, I can't say that. out. Um, com- commi- I um, said the u- Commodore.
2: U- u- uniforms, shm uniforms. I'm not worried about the uniforms. Uh, honestly, I think it's a downgrade from football team. Yeah. Yep. I I would have I would I would have rather stuck with the football team. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but all I have to say is this: that man, that guy in Virginia must have trademarked seventeen hundred names for them to finally find one that he didn't use. And the best thing they could come up with was with the, was was with this one. So, because in case people don't realize, that's what happened. Why they yes. didn't have a name for two years is that someone went out heard they were heard they were going to have to switch their name and went out and trademarked. All these different things, so they would have to pay him for it. Anything that could have been, so they had to really think outside the box. So yeah, that was a wang uh, move. Now, now you're <laughs> the no, that's
1: a genius move, is what <laughs> yeah, that is. It's that's a wang, a genius move. Move. but all
2: these people are like, Oh, it should have been this, it should have been that. Yeah, trademarked already, trademarked, and they weren't going to reward the guy, they were mad at him. So
1: I thought the name Renegades would have been a good one. The, the Renegades, oh, oh, the Steelers would have, yeah, I get yeah, it. Still but I been gold. From, yeah. This still would have been better. And I just and then people crazy. would
2: have compared them to the XFL.
1: And yeah, you know what I mean, here comes you know, they show the cars that are driving out of the mm-hmm. parking garage and they're going out mm-hmm. to hand out free merch. It's like nothing screams desperate more than you giving away free stuff. You know, <laughs> anyways,
2: tell you what, though, they I, I saw the report that there was a lot of I mean, they ended up because it's new, yeah. they they they're they're really up there in the sales right now.
1: Well, but if Wells. you're going to go with the commanders yeah. or whatever their name is, how do you not have a C on your helmet? Like, they kept the W. I don't understand that at all. And in the <laughs> black helmet, it's on the front of their helmet. It's on the crown. It's really weird. <laughs> What's right. so funny?
0: I, I got Some of the ones they are put in I, there. I, I got to bring up Kathy, the great Kathy Ford, the Washington,
2: Washington, Washington. Wangs. <laughs> I don't
0: think that was trademarked. They could have
2: done yeah, it. They could have gone with the way They could have
1: kept the W on the helmet, too. <laughs> yeah.
2: Like everyone thought they were going to be the warriors, but that was one that was definitely trademarked. And it was just,
1: yeah, I don't
2: know. Yeah. The red tails, all kinds of different things they thought they were going to do.
1: So anyways, let's go to some trivia. Uh, Do you have one, Dave?
2: I do. It's really simple. All right. Um, or very, very quick. I'm not saying it's an easy question though. So the Pittsburgh Steelers this season finished with 55 sacks. Um, on on the year that is one away from the single season record of 56 that they had in both 2020 and 2017. Since the NFL went to 16 games in 1978, what year did the Steelers have the least number of sacks and how many did they have? And I will tell you right now, the answer is not 1982. 1982. Where they only because when, when it was strike shortened hmm. or
0: 1987
2: when they played one less game.
0: Sorry, I'm gonna say 1986
1: was an awful year. add that's what I was gonna say to you. <laughs> 86 you didn't know, you didn't even know. I don't know What is it?
2: 1986 they actually had 43 sacks in 1986. Oh, wow. Okay, I'm at 89. 89 uh, was nice. actually that was if you throw out the the if you throw out 87 and 82 89 was the third least with mm. 31. Oh, wow. But there was a year that they only had 19 and a year that they only had 18. Wow. They had 19 sacks in 1988.
0: Oh, bad year. Yeah.
2: And they only had 18 sacks in 1980.
0: Mm,
2: wow. Yes. That one was surprising to me was the 1980. That's why I had to ask. I mean, they had 49 in 1979, and they only had 18 in 1980.
1: Wow, I wonder what the drop off was from.
2: Well, they went twelve that's- from twelve and four to nine and seven.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, they Age. Won the Super Bowl. yeah, mm-hmm. but that's a that's a precipitous drop off. <laughs> that's yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> but, Hangover. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: 31 crazy. 30 they they lost 31 sacks from
0: one to the next. So Jeez. that I thought that was kind of crazy. So. All right. Yeah, that's a good one. That was it for me. All right, Brian, get your cards out. All right. Born in Texas, attended high school in Louisiana, played college football in California.
2: From Louisiana, played college football in California.
1: No clue. Next one, next to next
2: in Swan
0: started all 16 games for the 2003 Steelers yeah
2: that was nowhere close all 16 games 2003 Three. someone from that went to school in California and started 16 games in 03 there's a lot of schools in California
1: yes there are yeah I'm gonna say next next hint
2: 2003 oh, let's see started started 16 games let's go with
0: yeah I got nothing. Went 11 of 13 passing in a September 2002 win over Cleveland, his first NFL win as a starter.
2: So, started 16 games in 2003. That
1: would have to be Tommy Tommy Maddox. Tommy Maddox. Tommy Maddox. Where did he go to school? UCLA.
0: Ah, number one pick out of UCLA.
1: That's right. He went to Denver, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. So, I thought. And they Hmm. actually,
0: in 1992, they actually did a platoon with, I believe his name was Sean Moore out out of Virginia. And they would actually go back and forth. Like, first down, second down. I mean, Dan Reeves was, like, platooning them in and out in the same series at some points in that. Um, Elway was hurt, I believe. All right. Selected out of Louisville by the Steelers. In the sixth round of the 1979 NFL Draft.
2: Louisville. 79. See, this is not my wheelhouse.
1: No, it's not. This is one
0: I I could give Tony Defio. This would be his. Mm -hmm. He would love this one. Played in 157 games in a 12-year career spent entirely with the Steelers.
2: 12 years. So he was there until 91. Hmm. Out of Louisville.
1: I don't
0: know. Retired um, with 37 interceptions, the third most in franchise history.
1: Everyone I'm thinking of was wouldn't have been drafted in '79. They're all older or younger, I should say. <clears throat>
2: yeah, that's what I'm struggling with too. Uh, all right, I think I you should. Got- I should know this one, but I don't. I'm sorry. I think
1: you get
0: it here. Earned his law degree while going to night school and playing for the Steelers from 1984 to 1988. Nope. That was like the hardest question of them all. Let's go to number (laughs) one. Earned a Super Bowl ring with the Steelers in 1980 with a pair of interceptions, one against Miami and one against Houston in the AFC playoffs.
1: I'm going to go with Jason Winningham's guess of Dwayne Woodruff.
0: It is number 49, Dwayne Woodruff.
1: Thank you, uh, Jason. Was, Good job. He was 79? You know, he
2: was, yeah, he was a rookie wow, in I did not, I did not realize. Uh, yeah, I didn't realize that he, he was. I was thinking he was drafted in the 80s. I don't know why. Yeah, I have to give,
1: he, I have to give a shout-out to Dwayne Williams, who... Probably he guessed the greatest Louisville draft pick ever by the Steelers, Holba. Mr. Colin Holba, sixth round.
2: Yeah, I <laughs> yeah, yeah. When he said <laughs> six round out of Louisville, we should have we should have been all over that one. Could you um, think
0: of another Super Bowl winning Louisville player that the Steelers drafted in the fifth round? In I'm going to go ahead and say 2007, Willie Gay.
1: There you go. Yeah. See, he's the only guy other than Colin Holba, obviously, that I know of from Louisville. So I was literally like racking mm. my brain trying to.
0: Yeah. Figure it out. Yeah, Woodruff. That's that's a tough one, but man, he was great and ended up being a judge. Really? Yeah.
1: That's why the that? law
0: degree. I thought I thought you knew that.
1: No, no, I'm not good with the '70s mm-hmm. guys because obviously no. I wasn't bored. Well, so. obviously you don't. You don't read all my articles. <laughs> <laughs> I read all of your articles. I edit your articles. <laughs> last time you, you never mind. All right, let's get a final
2: thoughts. Brian, go ahead. <laughs> no, wait, Can I bust on something? Because maybe you should edit Brian's article a little bit better. Because Probably. last week when he decided to highlight a player to say what their middle name was, next time spell their name right.
1: I I've I lo- I looked it. it up. I I looked it up. What, it was Ulysses. It was, Loft- they, he, was
2: it? He, he does not spell his name the typical way of Ulysses. It's two E's and not two S's. It's a double E, not a double S. Well, mm.
0: I know I looked that up, but I, I might have looked yeah. in the wrong Don't
2: worry, I went in and changed it for you. <laughs> okay.
0: That, that, what what really is his
1: name, Lofton? Was it Lofton? <laughs> um, oh, it was some. Uh oh. Uh oh.
0: It was really, uh, Oh my gosh! It's my own article and I forgot it.
1: Yeah, I think it was lost. Love it. It was love. Love it. There you go. I love it. So it's a love yeah. child of uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? Is, what did I we say? Bad. is a love child of a uh, Ulysses S. Grant. Um, it, it, it was the uh... Gilbert. It was Melissa Gilbert or, or Marcus Gilbert. It was, we, we, were, Marcus you know what, Gilbert, guys, we, and then throw Lyle Lovett in there for the little Jeff. Game.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm kind
2: of, i am kind of upset here because for some reason I decided, I'm like, was there anyone else that the Steelers drafted out of Louisville? And you're mentioning all those guys and you're not mentioned. We didn't mention the greatest player ever out of Louisville that was drafted by the Steelers.
1: Who's that always oh, not Dick Shiner.
2: No, you're close. Oh. <laughs> right position oh wrong era Johnny, you johnny unitas
1: man it doesn't count
2: yeah i
1: <laughs> he's no colin holba come on I no mean,
2: seriously
1: <laughs> colin holba was the, you know the... sixth down pick in that was, nfl that history. was in 19 <laughs> that was in
0: 1955 that draft and in 1951 when he was a high school quarterback do you know who the second best high school quarterback in western pennsylvania in the region was? Dig shiner <laughs> daniel michael rooney
1: oh okay all right i was close there's, there's a little something
0: all right my final thoughts are this <laughs> you didn't even wait for him to ask <laughs> man it's going to be so fun right now to watch if you love how a meal is prepared or how a show is put together you're going to enjoy this off season because it's going to be one of the most interesting off seasons whatsoever. And you're going to love it for the Steelers sake. So definitely stick around here and check it out. But I do have to issue an apology and, but I can't go too far with an apology because I had a bad show tonight. In fact, I tanked. So Jeff, Dave, you owe me a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Great great Uh, okay all right good one dave final thoughts Uh, see
2: i actually was gonna wait for you to actually ask for it final thoughts are uh i really thank you guys for um for allowing me to come on here tonight. I'm sorry. I was a little bit late to everyone. Thank you once again for filling in for me. It's been a rough, um, little bit. Some people who, who, uh, reached out to me on Twitter to offer their condolences. Uh, my, my father-in-law passed away yesterday. So, um, you know, my wife was dealing with some arrangements, but before I could get down here and kids and everything, um, I might be sparse around here for the next week. Cause I'm going to, I'm going to be kind of doing the quote unquote single dad thing as as my wife's going to be spending some time away, uh, with her family. But, uh, thank you all so much for, you know, everyone listening, just um, for being that Steelers family and that it's so great that, uh, that that sometimes when when things are happening in your life and things are different and uh, that uh, we can still come together and, and, and enjoy each other's company, both the two of you and everyone else that likes chiming in with, with the live chat that, I mean, you guys really all do feel like this is our big Steelers family. And I just want you all to know how much I really appreciate you all.
1: Well said. Thoughts and prayers go out to you and yours for sure. Uh, but why don't you send us out? Hey. There you go. We'll see you next week for another Steelers preview. Enjoy the Pro Bowl. <laughs> <See> yeah. <laughs>